0: God is so good, He has a plan and a purpose for each of you. We say that so generically, but do you know that He has a plan and a purpose for each of you? Did you know that? I just want to get right into what the Lord has for us today. And the Lord's good to us. I love those lines in there. You're so, so good to me. You're so, so kind to me. He's good to you and he's kind to you. You know that. He's good to you and he's kind to you. I said it last week, but even when it doesn't seem good, even when you don't understand, even when it doesn't look good, because he said it, you just got to believe that what God says is, is the truth. What he says is what he says. And if he says that he's good, if the word says he's good, then when it doesn't seem good and that's just your flesh, that's just the devil lying to you. That's your mentality, your, your perception lying to you. God is always good, and he always has a plan and a purpose, and he uses everything. Who has seen God use unlikely things around your life? Who has seen him use the things that you didn't think were going to do any good, but he actually used the very thing that the devil sent to kill you? I mean, literally kill you. He used it to actually propel you towards him. God is good. And uh, if we stay outside of his goodness, that is our choice. Then we're going to experience that wrestling in between of him trying to get to you. But if you'll turn to him, the wrestling goes away. And that thing that was around you, confusing you and even killing you becomes a propelling towards him. It's amazing. God is so good. I can't say it enough. And I just, he's, he wants to get us. He doesn't need you to be religious. He doesn't need you to do certain things. He just wants to know you. The things that we do religiously, like for instance, Reading my word can be because I love him and I just want to, and sometimes it's religious. And you know what? I'd rather it be religious. I'd rather tell my, just, I need to stay in this thing. I need to stay close. I need to, to stay in this word because this is the truth. And sometimes you gotta be religious like that. Like, I need to pray. I don't feel like praying today, but I know that's what I need to do. I need to be in this word. I need to be around other believers. And I love, though, that when you don't need to tell yourself that you need to. (laughs) I love when you just want to. My point is, sometimes you gotta tell yourself you need to, and that's okay. But I love when just the love of God when you realize how good he is. It's when you don't, that's when you need to know he is good. I don't feel like it and I don't feel like God's good right now and I don't feel like I want to be around his goodness just because our flesh and our tiredness and our weaknesses. Just push those things aside and do it anyway, but then he'll meet you and then you realize how good he actually is. You want to be in his word because you know you start seeing, hey, that's what really helped me get through this particular situation when I went to his word and I saw the truth in there. When I was in your presence, my life, my day went a little bit easier. Who has been in God's presence and then seen your day go a little bit easier. Who's been out of his presence and seen your day, right? We, and I've said that many times, but it's obvious many times that we need his presence. We need to just get close to him we need to get there and, and just be in his presence and say, Lord, you are good, and I know you're good, and you're so jealous for me, and you allow me to kind of feel a little bit of the wrestling. You allow me to feel, feel a little far from you so that I come running back to you, so we get close to him. And I just feel like the Lord's just calling us in this season. This is a season that we call a season of giving, right? And I just I came out of the shower this morning, and I said to Dawn, I said, Tell me the dates, tell me the dates for the season of giving. It was a trick question. You can't trick your wife, though. (laughs) She knew where I was going. She said all the time. You know, and, and I just felt this really quick check from the Holy Spirit that we as Christians, we can't fall into the trap of the world of a season of giving. The Lord's looking, his season is eternal, Lord's looking for you to start on January 1st and you to end on December 31st. That's your season. <laughs> I just feel like the Lord's calling us though because of this, the season that we're in in the world. We're more aware. So the Lord uses it. That's not, he doesn't want you to be only right now, but he's using that. He used it to spark something into me to say, hey, I want this all the time. But I just feel like the Lord's calling us closer to him and we need to be a giver of our, 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 our everything That's your resources, right? People are giving resources, but of your time and of your mind, right? Many of us are, we can give, we can give some time, we can give some money, we can give resources, but we don't necessarily give them, give them our mind. And he's he's jealous for us. He wants it all. He wants your thoughts when you're out doing something that's not necessarily godly. It's not evil, but you're just out and about in your day. He wants that place too. God's jealous for us. And... What he's been speaking to us is about being the church, not a building, being we are the church, and just to break some of our mentalities, when, when these, these things in our mind get broken of what we think church is, and when we start to realize that, um, that God is within me, that God is not in a building, that God is within me, and God is in each other as we come together as his body god is in you and god is in me and we now are coming together as his church we're not coming to a church but our minds many times we we don't mean to but because we have this mentality that we go to a church sometimes the six days outside of that building we're not very churchy <laughs> And I hate to use that type of terminology, but everybody gets what I'm saying. We can be, we can be, you know, we have an awareness of him, but he wants us to be worshipers, praisers, um, praying and thinking about each other all week. And uh, I'm, just so I don't get brambling, let me go right into the word. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is within us. God has put his kingdom literally inside you, and it's, it's the body of Christ. Jesus is something, uh, God did something very unique with Jesus post-cross. Jesus was the fullness of God on the earth. Anybody, everybody knows that, right? Anybody unaware of that, that Jesus had the fullness of God, the Holy Spirit and, the, and He was lined up with the Father, with the Holy Spirit in Him doing God's work on the earth, and then His human body went into the grave. Does everybody remember that? On the cross, it came off the cross, went into the grave. But Jesus did something very unique when He came out of the grave and rose again. He anointed. He anointed eleven disciples. Right, He anointed his disciples and told them to go out to preach the gospel and to make disciples. So Jesus, in the fullness of himself, in one person, multiplied himself into 11 and said, Don't stop there. From you 11, you're going to go into all the world. And Jesus then became, on the earth, outside of his human body, He is still in the earth, in a body, but the body is made up of who? Of what? Of us, of you and I. That is his body, and that's his fullness. Jesus is 100% inside of you, but God did something extremely unique that he doesn't allow, and just bear with me, I'm going to get to the scripture here. I'll have it right here, but just I want to say a statement. He doesn't allow the fullness of Christ to come out of one person. He designed it so that we have to be reliant upon each other so that the fullness of Christ comes out of the body of Christ. And does that mean that you can't give, it's not, I'm not saying you're not, you're giving someone a partial message that you're when you're in in private you're having a conversation one on one with somebody that you you know you need to go get some other brothers and sisters to be able to share the gospel with them that's not what i'm saying but the fullness of christ in this world and even in this building comes out when the the believers unite together And one is this part, and one is that part, and one is this part. And then together, the body of Christ is still living and functioning on this earth with Christ as the head. And let's look at those scriptures. It's in Ephesians. We have a couple chunks of scriptures I want to read from today. But it's in Ephesians chapter 4 that you might know really well. And it says in Ephesians 4 verse 1, He said, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. He said, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united. Everybody say out loud, united. United in spirit, united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. So there's a unity and there's a binding. And I just I felt like I needed to be faithful to just to preach this again. Some of where I ended last week, John chapter 17, Jesus told the church. He prayed for the disciples before his death. He said, Father, I pray, John chapter 17, I pray that they would be one as Father, you and I are one. And he said, when they're one, the world, that's when they'll see me. When they see the church as one, then they're going to see Jesus. And it says, and back here in Ephesians chapter four, it says, we're making every effort to be united in the spirit, binding ourselves together. And verse four, for there is many bodies, For there are many bodies and you don't need to love or talk to anybody else. You don't need to pray for anybody else. You don't need to do anything for anybody else. Just do it for yourself because there's many spirits and you've been called to many different glorious hopes for your future. For there is one body. Everybody say out loud, there is one body. body. There's one body and there's one spirit. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Even if your minds, I'm going to try to make this as clear as hooked on phonics as possible today. But even if your mind doesn't get it, the Holy Spirit is just speaking to your spirit about this oneness. He's connecting us and binding us and pulling us together. Just let your spirit be ministered. I'll try to make it as clear as possible, but I know this is what the Lord wants to say. Your spirit and my spirit, we need to be one. And, all, and, every, and the enemy, just going to try, just like I've been saying about the husband and wife, I bring up that example a lot because Paul said, it's much like our relationship with Christ. It's a mystery. And yet the two flesh have become one. And that is his church. Thus us as cells of his body have been united and the devil will try to get in there, tries to bring in cancer, tries to bring in stuff into the body to divide it, to make it weak and to to break it apart. And a lot of times what's going on in your life is just the lack of the connection of you to his body. And that might be self-inflicted, and it also could just be the enemy has used others. Yeah, sometimes the enemy, did you know the enemy can use you? Anybody aware of that? Who's embarrassed by it? I am, but he has used me. And then you know right away, because the Holy Spirit goes, so that wasn't me, was it? (laughs) That wasn't me. That was a different spirit, Adam. (laughs) And so the enemy does that sometimes to just to get us divided, but we need to be proactive about it. That's why it tells us, did you know it said here, it says in Ephesians one, going back, he's saying, I'm begging you. And I know that I read some of this some weeks ago, but I felt like I need to go back into a little bit deeper, but you've been called by God. Come on. Did you know you've been called by God? And he says, be humble and gentle and patient with each other. This is verse two, making allowance for each other's faults, humble and patient with each other. Why is he telling us, he says in verse three, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Why did the Lord tell us so strongly here? Because when you see some verses like this, especially when they're repetitive in other chapters and other books, pay attention. He's warning you that the enemy, whenever you see the Lord telling you what to do, he's not trying to be, like I said, I could read my word religiously, and I'd rather be religious about it than not do it at all. Or I can read it because I love it and know that it's good for me. And so I can just listen to him and do this because I know that this is what the word says, that's it. Or I can have a deeper understanding that, wait a second, not going to just do it because I have to be in unity with you, but I understand something. The Lord's showing us the, the hidden, the revelation. The revelation of the word of God, the revelation in God, is not the words. It's not your translation. Did you know that? You don't need to go to school to learn how to read the Bible. You don't need to know old English, new English. You don't need to get out an urban dictionary to read a new Bible. The Bible, the words are crystal clear. It's the revelation behind them. That's the mystery that gets revealed by the Holy Spirit. That's the understanding that comes. And the revelation here is the Lord's telling us, listen, I'm going to give you a secret. The enemy is going to try to divide, divide and conquer, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. And that's it, if he can divide you with each other and divide you, and even, it may not be evil, I don't think anybody in here is coming in divided and with evil intentions, but you may come in here and be divided just because you're in your own world. Sometimes we're just not plugged in enough to his, to his body, we're just so self-absorbed, and actually, we're actually hurting ourselves. We're hurting the body as well because, and I'm going to read it, you are an individual cell. You have an individual gift. If God wanted two of you, he made, would have made two of you. But he made one of you. That means that you are unique and you are special. You have a part to play. You are hurting the body, but you are hurting yourself. It's very clear. I've said this before. I'll say it again. You can turn on Discovery Channel and you watch the lion. He's prowling in the deep grass, right? And who does he go for? Does he go for the center of the herd? Does he go for the one that's all protected and hidden, protected inside the crowd? Does he go for the weak one on the outside? And it's so he's telling you a secret here, and I believe the Lord's telling us a secret, and he's telling it to us in a good time. We live in a good nation. We live in good times and it's a good season and he's telling it to us now so that we're not running and frantic and, and out there and then he's trying to get the message he's telling you now and I love that the Lord tells us way ahead of time. He starts telling you, listen, to be my church, you have to be united and it's a choice that you have to make. There's a second choice. You ready for this? There's the other choice that as the, as the herd, you're not just running mindlessly and dumb. I'm not using that word to, to uh, offend anybody, but sheep are known, right, as the herd. They're dumb and they just follow each other. You need to be more than that, right? Gentle as doves, but as wise as serpents. That's what the Bible says. You need to be wise as well and say, hey, my brothers and sisters, I notice some floating on the outside and I'm going to leave the comfort and not because I'm going to go out into the world and become like the world, come on, but I'm going to go out there and grab a hold of them, start praying for them, pleading for them, getting before the throne for them because they're drifting away. Is it making any sense today? So the Lord's reminding us and I believe That because his word says it, that first of all, it's for your own good. But secondly, it's for the kingdom's good. His kingdom is furthered. The church grows. I don't care about numbers. Don't even tell me the numbers. Don't tell me if we fill this wall, you don't need to tell me the number. I don't care. But if if there's more people coming in, I do care about that. Not because of the number, but because we're touching the, the community. And so it's for you individually, but also if you want to touch your family, if you want to touch your neighborhood, if you want to touch this valley, they will be most touched because that's what the scripture says. John chapter 17, Jesus said it. Then they'll know, the world will know once they see that these guys, they don't let someone fall to the side. They don't let anyone fall to the side. That person that, you know, got into this by their own choice even, They run after them and grab a hold of them and just keep loving them and they're patient with them and they're humble with them and gentle with them. And he said, because God is one, right? Verse six, there's one God and Father of all who is over all and in all and living through all. So the all... The oneness of God comes through us being one. And so I have two things. If you are on the outsk- outskirts, and this is just a small group today, I'm also speaking to our group here that's going to be listening, but I'm also speaking in the spirit you know, to those that aren't here grab a hold of them, not so that they could, that's the thing, once we get the mentality, it's not who shows up on a Sunday morning, though I think it's good for us, and I'm going to read why it's good for us, but it's who's in this body, who did God link us up with in this cell of his body, and we should be just aware of like, hey, like, okay, I'm going to be a little bit sharp, (laughs) here we go. It's just a small group. And Dawn and I, Dawn's getting nervous. She's like, what's he gonna say? I see her, I know her face. (laughs) We talk to people, even in this little group sometimes, and people will say, oh, who's that? And we're like, you sit across from each other every week for the last year. What do you mean, who's that? Not in a, I mean, I say it like funny, not judging, but God, listen, this we need to realize even Jesus Christ. Anybody know Jesus? You know what he said? They said, Jesus, your mother, and your, father, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside. And he said, my mother and my brothers and my sisters. It's these right here. It's the kingdom of God. Did he disrespect Mary, his mother? No, that's not what he was saying. So He's saying, I don't have natural brothers and sisters that I love. He was just saying the kingdom of God that... we're born into this world, and then we become born again into his kingdom, which means everything, everything, if you're born again, then that means much like the first time you were born, right? We now have a new destiny, we have a new plan, we have a new reason to be living and all those things. We also have new brothers and sisters, that God has put us together to care about. And I've been preaching this like subtly week after week, and I'm going to be really straight. I said it. I think you, got, you get it. But if you will give yourself to your brother and sister first, put yourself second. I have to say it again just to be st- super clear and straight. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us, called us, put us together. But I have to say it. If you will put yourself second in your brother and sister, even find out what are the needs of my brothers and sisters, put yourself second. God will honor you. He will bless you. You will find such amazing blessing and giving of yourself to each other and yourself second. And, and for whoever's do this is not a like, you know, sitting there and you going through your checklist being like, well, I'm good. That's not me. It's not for me. Listen, I didn't name any names anyway, so that's just from you to the Lord. You deal with that with the Lord. If you feel like you've been doing that, then so be it. If you feel like you need to work on that, then that's between you and God. But I needed to say that. And it's because God is one, and he wants his body to be one. It's who he is, so we have to be that. And God could have said, I'm going to put a whole bunch of little Jesuses on the earth. But he chose... You know, like for instance, my role as a pastor, sometimes in the world we look at that as head of the church, but God's word says that Christ is the head. I'm just a piece as you're a piece, and it's us at together. The head is directing the pieces what to do. My head tells my hand to move like this, not doing on its own. My hand's waving and my feet are backing up right now, simultaneously doing different things, and they're not doing them on their own, it's because I told them to do that. Let's go to the scripture. Ephesians chapter four just says these things. I'm just saying them. They're right here. It says, it says, verse seven, we are one. Come on, I want you to say it out loud. We are one. one. I want you to say this word though, verse seven. However, I want you to say that out loud. Say it again. However. However, okay, we're one, however, He has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. We are one. However, we are each individually part of that one. And it says, verse 7 says, that we have been given individual, right? I mentioned this some weeks ago. But verse 11 says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. I want you to read this out loud. The apostles... The prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And the list doesn't stop there. I really feel like Ephesians chapter 4, many people have, we call this the fivefold in the church, but I think really Ephesians, the better wording is, here are five of many. Here's five of many. And a lot of people, you can only fit, you don't fit in one of these five, you're out. And I can prove it because 1 Corinthians chapter 12 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, before I continue in Ephesians, I wanted to read this. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. I want you to say that out loud. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But what's that say? Here we're going to find, we're gonna find some, some continuity in today's sermon. There is the the same Spirit is the source of them all. There's a oneness. God is not divided, and His church is not divided. In fact, He warns us very clearly, if you are divided in yourself, you're going to be in James chapter 4, says, first of all, you are at war with God, whether you realize it or not, but if you are divided to what your motives are, to what your wants and cares and your prayers If you are divided, he warns us, don't be divided. You need to be unified with my word as your guide. If you're confused about whether you're unified or divided, go to my word. But be unified with me and your prayers will be answered. But if you are divided between the cares of the world and and me, not that I don't want to answer your prayers, but you need to get some things internally right before I can give you anything. So he tells us we are divided. The same spirit, but different kinds of gifts. Are we making any sense today? It says in verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but we serve. Here we go. So there's different, but it says the same Lord. It says in verse 6, God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to, wait, to the five-fold ministry, And to them only. What's it say? So I'm not saying throw Ephesians 4 out. I love Ephesians 4. I'm fitting in one of those categories. But I really believe that we all, no matter who you are, no matter where you are in the kingdom, the body of God, you are part of his body when you said yes to Jesus Christ. And if you are part of his body, there's no such thing as a stagnant cell in his body. You know what the body does with stagnant cells? There's a room right over there. You guys know what that room's for? A couple doors over. It's got a men and women's side. That's what the body does with stagnant cells. That's what the body does. That's the way God designed it. The body is working for itself. It's working to help each other. And whatever's not helping each other is a cancer. The body has to get rid of it or eventually that those things end up Killing the body. So God has to be good. God's good to get those things out. Come on. Sometimes it's really sharp that God can deal with one person. Sometimes God is dealing with somebody because they have become a cancer to the brothers and sisters. God has to do the best thing for the body. That's a different thing. That's sharp. But it says that we are each given a spiritual gift so that we can what? What's the word say? Help ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. It says in verse 9, here we go. Here, so actually verse 8, to one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. So here's outside of the fivefold. You might just be one that God has grown in wisdom. Maybe that's taken some years and you've paid for that wisdom some white hair, some older age, maybe not, but most likely you've been through it and God has shown you where, where a person can fail and where a person can please God. And God has used that, that is on purpose. You are part of his body on purpose. Church is not just new and young. Church is also filled with wisdom You are not outdated. Come on. God has put you there on purpose, for a purpose. You have the same spirit as someone with the other gift, but you are there for some wisdom. And it says, verse 8 continues on. It says, to another the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. We call these, sometimes you call them words of knowledge. And verse 9, the same spirit gives great faith to another you know you're not allowed to judge your brothers and sisters who have greater faith than you? Because sometimes the Spirit of God has given somebody as an actual gift greater faith than your brothers and sisters, but also the one with great faith. We can't, we can't look to them and say, wow, they have such great faith and, and I'm so weak. No, but they've been given greater faith than you to do what? It already told us a couple of verses ago, what's that great faith that one person has and the other doesn't necessarily have as much of for? For each other, not for themselves. You can use that great faith for yourself. And sometimes, you know, do you know you can actually faith things into existence? It's not weird. That's not new age. People do it. But you have now used what God gave you. Who's going to judge? That's between you and God. But he, God will judge what you've done with what he's given you. And you can use that gift for yourself. The Bible says that your gift is without repentance. That means that who you are and what he's given you People use it for the world, then people get saved and they still use their gift for worldly purposes. That's your choice. God's constantly wooing you and trying to get to your heart. This what today is some, some of. He's trying to get to us, get to our motives, get to our hearts and just connect us more. We can't be a divided group. We must be one. Ultimately, as the future comes, if you want to make it, you have to be one and we have to be one together. And he goes on to say that the same spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Verse 11, it is the one, come on, it's the one and only or the same, it's the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. Who gave the gifts? God did. So what you have and who you are is from Him and for Him. You don't have to because God is so, because of free will, you don't have to use it for Him. You don't have to love anybody else. You don't have to love God. You don't need to do anything for Him technically to exist in this earth but to be truly existing in his body as a true believer, the true church. Your gift and ability was from him, and it's not for you, although I preached on two weeks ago that if you give you, someone else is going to give them to you. God's not going to leave you, and even if no one else gives you what you need, and you just keep giving, 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 because Jesus Christ will never fail you. If you got to come to the end and you feel like you're probably wrong, But if you feel like at your deathbed, all I did was give, 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 and no one gave me anything, Jesus is going to be standing at your side, really offended. He's like, hello, first of all, I gave you my physical life. Then um, I gave you all my time for the rest of your life. When you were weak and when you were tired, I was there, I never left you. So we don't want to offend him. He, at the very, if no one else will, Jesus is, but I still don't believe that no one has. You probably are... In pride, probably don't realize what, has, what God has used others around you to give you. And he alone decides which gift each person should have. So that means if, as you go through those lists, you can look at Ephesians 4, you can look here in 1 Corinthians 12, if you look at the list of the gifts, you did not get the gift by being a super-Christian christian or by becoming any, you, God gave you, he distributed it, and he decided the choice that you have is what will you do with it? Are you going to use what God gave you? And this is, his, this is his message in this season about just being a giver, be a giver. Give of yourself to his body. Are you using what he gave you for his body? Or are you using it for your own will, for your own ways? Are you faithing things into your path that will help you or are you putting yourself second and taking the faith that he's given you you've been given the gift of just supernatural faith you're one of those Christians that just keeps believing God no matter what well God puts you around other believers and come on you know you you know those people you know those Christians that just no matter what Jeannie's one of them no matter what happens she goes I'm excited who has had a conversation with her Come on, you're laughing because you know it's true. Like, I just lost my job. Well, I'm excited. (laughs) Well, so-and-so just died. Well, I'm excited. Not because of the pain or the hurt, but because God's gonna use it. And God gave her that gift. It's not of her, it's God gave it to her. But, and she's choosing, instead of to faith in things into her life, she's taking her faith and using it. And who's been encouraged by those words sometimes? Not necessarily in that exact moment (laughs) because you're like excited about what? Then you go home and you're like, you know what? Thank you, God. You are good. You do have a plan. You do have a purpose for me no, no matter what. And it says in verse 12, it says the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So you are not... An island. You hear me say that often. The Lord is saying that often. We're not islands. God has put us together by choice. You are not here by accident. I think sometimes in humanity we think we can just go from here to there like no like no big deal. We just we're just you know doing. We're making too flippant of a decision. We need to be more qu- quick. It's not. I'm not going to ask you. You know, did I bring you here? Did is, you know, I told you to stay in this body. I put you in this body. You can come and go whatever cells of the body the Lord asked you. But I do encourage you to ask the Lord, what cell did he place me in? What cell, God, do you want me to be in, in your body? Where is my place? And then the second question to ask the Lord is, if that's the place, I'm not there to be stagnant and I do have needs, but how can I give of myself so that then you'll meet my needs, because that's the word. That's what he's showing us. That's the model he's showing us, that God will never leave you, never forsake you. He's already promised you that. So how can I give of myself, and I know then my needs will be taken care of? Does that make any sense? He says, but I love this. I love these verses here. Who loves 1 Corinthians 12, where he starts to say, In verse 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. Verse 15, if the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand. Who loves these verses? Well, I'm not the pastor. I don't know what to do. Well, I'm not on the stage. I don't know what to do. And he says, he says, that does not make it any less a part of the body. It is completely equal. There's not a hierarchy and there's not a tier system. God doesn't have a, you do this and then you'll be this. Although you can find models of, of when people were truly just servants, God does have somewhat of a model of, because Jesus showed us, of just serving, serving, serving. So you're going to find that. They were nobodies and they served as nobodies. And God then placed him and made him somebody. But that doesn't mean that you walk in the doors and then he applies that to this room necessarily. You may have been a nobody at your job. And then all of a sudden you just walk in these doors and you're instantly, God's using you. Does that make any sense? For maybe some of the older ones, not older in age, maybe older, you've seen it. But there was like, you know, if you greet people at the door, maybe one day you'll be the pastor. You just be who you are. You just be who God has called you to be today. Don't even worry about what you're gonna be tomorrow. Don't even worry about if I do this, then I can be this. How can I give myself 100%, not 90, not 95, not 90%, 99%. How can I give myself fully for his kingdom and for the body today with what I have and who I am? I'm broken, I'm weak, I don't even know Jesus that well. But remember the demoniac? Remember Jesus frees him. He's instantly freed, and he's like, Jesus, I wanna follow you. I wanna come with you. I wanna be with the disciples and follow you. And he says, no, I want you to stay here in the city and all I want you to do is just tell the people in the city of what I did for you. And we see in the scriptures, it's not exactly, we we don't see the stories connected where the man comes back into the story, but Jesus comes back into those cities Uh, sometime later and he has an amazing revival in those cities and it looks like through the scriptures that the man did what Jesus told him to do which was very simple very basic all I know is that this guy Jesus touched me and I'm free and he'll free you don't you want to be touched by him and he just did his little part his little part did you realize you're all little (laughs) did you realize we're all little did you know that cells are little all cells are small, and do you know that no matter how big we think we are on the earth, that the earth compared to God's universe, His mind is small. Let's all just choose to be small, just be your part. But I do encourage us, and I feel like this is what the Lord's saying now, to give your 100% to that, whatever that is. If God has called you to pray behind closed doors, and I want to talk about prayer next week, that we need just to be a praying church as well. We need to pray. We need to be praying now. Everything seems good. I was saying we live in good times, but I can see under the surface just, you know, things can change in just a moment so quickly. I just was listening to a thing about Pearl Harbor that it was so unexpected. They didn't expect it on a Sunday. wasn't expected. So things can change. We need to be praying. We need to pray for one another, but times can change very quickly, and that's another sermon. But it continues on to say, It says here, it says, if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? (laughs) Don't you love these verses? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? It says, verse 18, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. God has put you exactly where he wanted to put you. Again, the, the real thing for today's sermon is, what are you doing with the place that he put you in? Don't look at it. It's not a hierarchy. The body, I don't see a top or bottom to this body. I mean, there's a there's a, if you look in the natural, you say, well, this is higher, but if I didn't have my feet, the very, very, very bottom, my pinky toe, right, you have no balance. So the smallest, even hidden things, it's small and it's hidden, you take away that one little part, right? We could look at this body and be like, well, you know, the, the muscles are the most important. Now I don't have them. You have to get someone else's example here. That's the most important. But that little tiny pinky, that little hidden thing, that's you in your prayer closet praying for the body that he's put you in. That little tiny thing brings balance to the whole body. And if that little part doesn't do its part, then the whole body suffers. It says, and I'll wrap this up. It says, verse 18 our bodies have many parts but god has put each part where he wants it and how strange a body would be if it only had one part jesus is still alive did you know that jesus is alive he's alive in this world and he's alive through you but the scriptures tell us crystal clear that you are a peace and it's truly through the unity of you with other believers. And that's the hardest part. God knows that. So he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us, to connect us. And it says, verse 20, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Let's just stand We thank you, God, that you've put us together. I thank you, Lord, that you've unified us. Lord, there's so much more. Lord, you could just keep speaking to us. We can see in his scriptures that the believers were unified. That was their power. Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, they were united, and they continued. And I thank you, Lord, together. And they touched the area that God placed them in. And God knows. He knows where you are. He knows your past, he knows your future, he knows how you got to where you're at, and he knows why you're in this body. You may have planned to move, you may have planned to be here, and somehow you're here. But I thank you, Lord God, that you know what you're doing and you have placed us exactly where we need to be. And I pray, Lord, that we would respond by being the fullness of what you called us to be. No matter what it is, there is no greater and there is no lower. And even his word says, even the greatest on this earth are going to be least in the kingdom of heaven anyway. So just be who God has called you to be and give yourself fully to it. And I thank you, Lord, for just revelation. I pray, Lord, for each of us, for everyone here, Lord. I pray that you would show us, Lord, show us, each of us, Lord, how we have been giving ourselves fully and, Lord, also where we haven't been. Show us, Lord, where we have been given gifts and abilities that we can and should be using, Lord, for your kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, that when we do, your word says that one day, come on, church, the Lord said that one day as we enter into eternity, he's going to look at us and he's going to see what we've done with what he gave us and say, well done, good and faithful servants. And we thank you, Lord, that that's what we're all going to hear in this church, because we're not living for ourselves. We're not looking at self, but we're giving of ourselves as you showed us by example. And I thank you, Lord, that life comes through our death in Jesus' name. amen. 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 Amen.